0: <sighs> Christmas time is here everyone.
1: Good day. Top of the morning to ya. Happy afternoon to ya. What's going on, you Welcome to another stream. I'm a little late. Um, It's pretty busy at my day job. A lot of people scrambling to get their fancies done. Notice that I'm in my fancy pants clothing. Not too fancy, collars ripped. But I wanted to uh, ritualize the, uh, the start of December with a nice festive sweater. I don't mind it. <clears throat> um, should do a Bill a Christmas album as Bill Gates and Ben Shapiro. Yeah, it'd be funny listening to Shapiro sing all of the Chris Christmas songs. You know, but he just like inverts the Jesus parts, and leaves them out.
0: And and I say unto thee, a king is born. Well, it's not actually a king, though. I mean, he wasn't the king or the Messiah or anything. He was just an a, another guy. He was just another guy talking about stuff. <clears throat> so, so, so we don't think that he's a king. Yeah, we, don't, we don't really think that he's a king. Yeah.
1: Ellen Page was always a dude. Yeah, let's take a look at this dude. Actor Elliot Page comes out as transgender. Why doesn't why don't any of these people come out as their true selves? Um, you know, it should be like Ellen Page comes out as a narcissistic um, narcissistic person, psycho, psychopath, who was likely abused by men in her early uh, childhood because she was thrown to the wolves by her parents into the world of acting, and she's subsequently. Uh, tried to defeat her demons, her villain, um, by uh, becoming her enemy, a man, and destroying herself. Now, no that's an accurate uh, that's more of an accurate uh, headline. Um, these people are, are broken, you know, They're broken. They, they essentially need, like, this is crazy. They need to isolate who their scapegoat is. In this case, a lot of cases for women who are confused about their sexuality or their um, actual sex, in this case, um, are trying to defeat and, and turn upside down their, the identity of their aggressors. And so they be and and in the in the in the uh, process they destroy themselves. So she's literally like making herself her enemy, making herself her perpetrator and destroying them, taking charge of of that archetype and trying to destroy it. I mean, she's just got sad eyes. I mean, I feel bad for her. Clearly these people are really uh, confident enough to, you know, say what their new imagined identity is, but they're not confident enough to name the person who raped them in Hollywood, you know? Um, and the reason these people are not your enemy, someone as, as dumb as this woman, uh, broken, lost, is that it's not based in any truth. I mean, she's just, all she's doing is contradicting the law of identity over and over again. And, uh, you know, it's like, what is she going to get out of it? Maybe she's going to play the next Hulk. Maybe she's going to play the next Superman. Uh, but other than that, she's just reaffirming, uh, the, the difference between men and women exist. So it's a really roundabout way of acknowledging reality in a weird, ironic way. Um... Here's another clip. Firing an AR-15 is horrifying and menacing and very, very scary," um, says a guy named K- Gersh Kuntsman. I think that's all I need to say about that. Let's take a look at the COVID vaccine doses, dosages secured by governments. India with a hun- one point six billion doses bought, bought and paid for. European Union one point four billion. United States one. 1- uh, one billion, and then it goes down to Brazil. Um, this is like one of the best that I've seen uh, laundering or tax, you know, money schemes that I've ever seen. You know, what are you gonna do with a billion doses? Okay, even let's just say, liberally, forty percent of America is is willing and ready to get a shot in the arm. Right? Let's just assume that. I mean, even that at its peak, you know, that's like 100, 120 million people. I'm talking about a billion dosage doses, that's just a tax scam. It's all a front. It's like everybody's making it about mandatory vaccines. All of these things are still pushed. All of these things still need to be uh, reconciled and confronted. But it seems like a, just a massive front. I mean, even if they tried to use troops... You know, there are uh, about more than a million U.S. soldiers, you know, about a half a million regular troops, about a quarter million or less, a third million uh, National Guard reserves, about 200,000. And then you look at cops, they're like, you know, there's like 18,000, you know, agencies. I think they make up like, I don't know, a million people. Something like that, two million maybe. So like, obviously, the use of force isn't gonna be the isn't gonna be the route. So you can stop, oh, you know, crying and wetting yourself about that. They will use uh, convenience, but um, this idea that all these doses are going anywhere—it's just a massive way of like moving wealth <clears throat> from one place and into the next paradigm. Which is the paradigm of bioeconomics, genomics, uh, which is projected to be, uh, I think it's like two, it's like a trillion or something worth a trillion. It's like a, a trillion dollar industry within 10 years. So everyone's jumping ship. You know, there's all this like other bullshit and resets and maybe a push to go uh, full digital. But everyone's scrambling off a sinking ship and they're going to this other ship. Um and this is the new frontier of data and, and a lot of people know this. And so you need to wreak all this havoc and and uh there's a big there's a big push there. So uh don't really worry about it because it's it's a lot of people just you know, dealing with money schemes, Uh, a little bit of control, but control is way harder to, uh, to you, to, to actually acquire, you know, I mean, you, that's why it requires sheep like people to like follow lockstep. Um, But if you're not one of those sheep people, you know, you're left to potentially the the uh, impact of these people's sheepish behaviors, which is dependency, and you'll, you'll definitely feel the impact of a general large population mass uh, being becoming super dependent. We're all dependent, but the more uh, explicit the dependency is, the more magnitude it has over most people and most systems, it's gonna be a little more painful to break away from it's going to take a little more work but you know the thing about work is like there's a meme which is better cheap happiness or exalted suffering and it's like most of us are choosing the latter always that you know we we're prone to convenience and we're prone to pragmatism and workability we're all vulnerable to it and we choose it a lot of times myself included but it's not really what we're after it's just like kind of like a cherry on top of the times. Um, so those are a couple news articles I wanted to show you. I uh, saw this again uh, being posted around Nasdaq to advance diversity through proposed listing requirements. Yeah, it's just like the the uh, the uh, the new Oscars requirements, right? And they're changing all this. This isn't just social. Um, mechanics. This isn't just tr- like ideologies just being pushed willy nilly. This is like a part of a I I think a larger scheme, um, to d- really, to, uh, to be, to really reduce people, uh, to no almost no, rec- uh, basically removing all diversity, which is ironic. It's like if you push diversity too far and use force and policy, then that's the best way to reduce a, a culture or a cohesive traditional uh, body of people into a sort of like a, a gray sludgy atomized group. And that's the way, if you can get to that place... You can then uh, expand your services to the atomized man and so uh, we know that's all in the plans. So I mean a lot of this is just like, you know, it's, it's all about like coding the language and like trying to push that there is no distinction between man and woman. There's no distinction between man and child, and it's not just to push like boundaries, like pedophilia and all the stuff. It's actually just, just to diminish all um, hierarchical structures, all hierarchical structures, just undermine them all. Even if, even if you have to lie and cheat to do so, if you can get a couple of them to fall, there's a little bit of a power vacuum. It's almost like, you know, when the government. suddenly is is gone or a regime change happens, right? You know, when a regime change happens, the way we're seeing the attempt happening today or the way we've seen them, uh, our own government do to like, you know, South American um, places, uh, there's a vacuum. And so something fills the vacuum uh, immediately. And so just swap regime change or power or or, um, anything like that with... um, with like standardized systems, which are, for the most part, uh, consistent with cultural norms and customs. So the way we operate day to day, for the most part, up to this point, I believe, uh, has mostly been a derivative of how we already behave culturally, what we value, how we interact with each other, you know, how we refer to each other. Um, A lot of these things Sort of inform the tran the regular transactions we have the regular mechanics of life, and so if they want to change the mechanics of life, they know not just gain power but actually demolish the current uh, inherited mechanics of life, which are for the most part uh, end up being cultural, given by family, given by etiquette, uh, moral law, um, roles in the family. Roles with sex in 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 uh, in the world, and so you just constantly chip away at this stuff. Eventually, uh, in some places, probably the main cities, probably in Europe first, uh, parts of Europe anyway, uh, they will take on whatever they're given as the system. You know, give us a system that's fair. Give us a system that makes everyone equal, please, Daddy, Daddy O, crabby Daddy. Uh, give us it. And so, you know, a lot of those people will actually go to that direction, but the people like us who reject it, who understand the, uh, the inevitability of power structures, the inevitability of government, the inevitability of the fallen state of man and his vices, um, we can see right through it. And so even if they took hold, we know there, uh, there's collapse right behind them, you know? And so it's not really a, I don't even see it as a battle anymore, you know. I had put a lot of stress on myself of like battling the imposing technocracy, the the uh, the looming um, Brave New World, these kind of things, and that this is our fight. And it's like, no, because the only people who um, will sink into that whirlpool, uh, who will be pulled into that tornado are already going to be near it and already be uh, be accustomed to participating that way. And so I'm not really that worried. And neither should you. Um, what did I want to talk to you guys about? Oh, I wanted to talk to you. I'll probably do another stream because this has been a little bit rushed. But I wanted to bring up the the ancient, philosophical, epistemic ontological problem of the one and the many. I don't know if people have heard of it, but essentially it's the, uh, the sort of battle or the, the distinctions between, uh, one us individual and many, the collective or, or in other realms, uh, the particulars, uh, versus the absolutes, the, a, a German shepherd. The particular in of the set dogs. So there's the one and the many, and uh, to and for all knowledge, for anything we know, for any coherency, for anything intelligible, there's no way around the dichotomy or the paradox of those two. You know, and it's been addressed and pursued by uh, many mathematicians and philosophers, and uh, you know. You know, even uh, Bertrand Russell with his, a lot of his work with sets and whatnot. And it's a big problem because it's, it exists in every part of our life. Uh, you know, are we a man or are we uh, a, just a cell, a part of the body of people we exist in? And these are the fundamental uh, root um, positions or arguments to, you know, individualism versus the, the body, you know, the body of people. And what takes precedent, and how do you balance the two? and there's no real way to balance the two in the way that we operate um, and 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 in other places, we see um, the unity between that that resolves some of the issues in certain examples of the one and many uh, where we accept the one and the many uh, and beyond. so um, if we take Let's say the 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 continuum, the beginning of all starts from three fundamental things that all exist and uh, depend on each other: space, time, matter. If you take space itself, space is an absolute, a whole, a body, but it's broken into distinctions, particulars. um, You know, and measurement: length, height, width. Uh, These are Uh, In a Trinitarian um, format. And um, there are three things that are all unified in one thing. So they're all space, but they're all individually uh, their own thing, but also space. Um, Time itself. Time, the same thing. It's uh, past, present, future. They're all particulars of time, but also time itself. They make up time, but they also, uh, exist as their own separate identities distinct from each other. And there's another, uh, triad or, or, uh, triad right there. Um, matter, you have, uh, you know, the, the commonly referred to the, the gas, liquid, solid, uh, they're all matter. It's all matter, except they're particulars, but they all make up matter. So, and these things go on and on. These, these little mini triads are ever-present. We cannot escape them. We cannot escape the problem, and we can't escape the use of them. Uh, for any, anything we deal with, we're dealing with the taxonomy, the, the distinctions between one thing and the other, but also operating knowing that they're all also part of a whole. So the dog, uh, you know, the dog is a part of a whole, you know, red, red is its own color. It has its own vibration or frequency, uh, but it's, um, the essence of red is not colors, you know, it's not color, it's red, but it's a part of a whole called color and so on and so on. Um, And then the most uh, prominent one, which is uh, perhaps the most powerful uh, because of its theological implications, um, is the law of logic, the laws of logic. It's logic. Logic is is one, one body, right? It's logic. You appeal to logic. You appeal to logos. You appeal to uh, the, the absolute rules of thought, the absolute um, tool for apprehending knowledge, right? There are three laws, another triad right there. Uh, law of identity, law of non-contradiction, law of excluded middle, each of them are logic, but each of them are not each other's law. And so the three make up the one. So how could there be one thing that's equivalent to the whole, but also not the whole? And you can see it. You can see it in a lot of things. It's all around us constantly, where examples of, of particulars also embody the whole, uh, they can be identical, not identical. They can be, yeah, they can be synonymous with the whole, but also in another, uh, view, not the same as the particulars in the whole. And so these kinds of things are important to look at because how do we know anything? How do we know anything? Uh, how do, how do we know absolute knowledge or anything is true? You actually can't do it if you only succumb to the duality of absolutes in particular. You need a unifying structure, um, being intelligent mind, superb creator to represent the tra- the Trent like transcending of the two. The one and the many. Otherwise, we can't know anything. We're in a constant state of ep- epistemic lo- uh, nihilism, uh, sort of like a Unitarianism, I guess some would call it, where you can't really discern anything because you're always in this unknown balance of identifying particulars versus the many, and you can never distinguish the two. And so the only way to resolve it, you can't do it philosophically. It's been attempted. You can't do it scientifically because you're already um, appealing to the the one and the many. So you're assuming that there's something in between that we know. You're assuming that there's a difference between the one and the many, but you're relying on almost the gray area of both of them at the same time. And so these things go on and on, and, it, and it's a really important uh, issue and a really important problem to face because it's grounded in logic, and it it's the basis of all all knowledge. It, you know the as far as how we interface, and we can't get away from that. We can't get away from that problem, and um, the only way to resolve the problem is through a transcendental being. Like the only way to argue against or or to unify. Um, the one and the many is a third. You need another aspect. You need a third. Um, you need to appeal out. In other words, you need to appeal outside of the one and the many. There needs to be a third. Um, another triad that we see that's uh, completely that we're completely dependent on for gaining any sort of knowledge, for appealing to any truth at all, is the unity between immaterial absolutes so we have we have the laws of logic and reasoning and meaning you know inside meaning there's language language a word is a word it's its own particular it's its own whole it's its own absolute but it's made up of letters particulars uh, sentences are absolute you know statements almost mathematical but they're made made up of words and how can you separate the sentence from the word parts from the the uh, parts from the Invention, it goes on and on. But the the one of the important uh, triads or many in in world trinities, in a, in a way to speak, um, is the unity between immaterial absolutes, law, laws of logic, mathematics, reasoning, uh, language, these kind of things we appeal to that are absolute but yet not immaterial. So there's a unity between that category immaterial absolutes, or the transcendental category, some would call, the unity between that category and the category of the material physical world that we see and interact with, and our mind, another immaterial, the mind being distinct from the brain, that is. That there's an unjustifiable, other, otherwise unjustifiable unity between those three, between that triad, between that trinity um the mind immaterial and the material those things all are unified we interact with reality appealing to the immaterial but being but but that interaction being consistent with how we how we operate and perceive physical reality and none of them can be separated you know you can't you can't take one out. It's almost like uh in, in coding. You can't just take a sequence out, or else the whole sequence is broken. Similar back to the first triad I mentioned, which is space-time matter. You can't you can't have one before the other. You need all three. That's why they're a continuum. So the same continuum applies to almost everything we deal with. And it's always trinitarian. It's always a it's always a three. It's it's always a three that are that need to exist at you know at simultaneously um, that make up parts um, make up the whole but are also independent of of the whole um, when you look at a particular but they're not separate from the whole they're distinct from the whole but they're not separate from the whole and um, if you you know getting into theology and, and even the Trinity itself and what that all means, you can't even actually explore that uh, before you explore and confront truth and knowledge itself uh, first. You know, separate. even Don't even go theological yet. Go to what needs to be true first. What's necessary for, for truth to exist, for any knowledge to be apprehended. And you'll find that we're always appealing to um, the problem. We're always trying to solve the problem of the one and the many. Uh, but if it's stuck on just the one and the many, only the two of those operations, the balance, the tra- this kind of seesaw between particulars and absolutes, am I a, ma- am I a man or am I uh, part of the society? Am I a man or am I the family? uh this constant back and forth of not knowing between the difference, the distinction. Um, it all has to start from that perspective and that it has to begin with that problem, approaching the problem itself, you know. Math is another faith in man-made categories. Yeah, math appeals to categories like and, and characters. We made the seven, right? But we didn't make the number seven. We Just like music, we didn't make the octaves, but we discern the octaves. And so math, similarly, is an absolute, uh, and it's a language, and it's something that's put into language, so we we invent, the characters could be anything. But the particulars um, have to be circular uh, and unchanging. They, have to, they can't break the law of identity. So you can't just change the value of 1 to like 6 and then expect uh, 7 to equal 7 after you do that um, because 1 would then change and then you're just offsetting all of the values put on the rest of the numbers. So, um, but math itself is something we're discerning. Um, we're using the language and we could argue that the 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 actual um, images, the symbols, the names of the symbols they're all constructs you can change them but they have to be uh, consistent um, to do math right you have to actually make them all a consistent values. So even if you changed 1 to l you'd have to uh, you'd have to appeal, you, to change the two you'd have to still make it have it make sense uh, according to to the L if that makes sense So um you know but but the fa- but it still requires faith that it's all that it's true just like logic. That's why a, an atheist when they laugh at you for faith and they think oh we, we, they've escaped faith you know we've a we we use science and empiricism and I'm like every time you can get them you just simply say, Well, what do you need to assume to be true before you do science? And they have to go, what do you mean assume to be true? It's self-evident. I'm like, no, no, it's not. The laws of logic are not self-evident. Where are they? They're immaterial. They're absolute. You appeal to them before you even claim that anything's self-evident. You're already appealing first to the laws of logic. Uh, You're appealing first to meaning, you know. The, the materialists, the empiricists can't actually uh, do anything. They can't argue any uh, anything about the value of empirical knowledge, science. Science is our only truth. Uh, they're already starting from a place of assumptions of existing metaphysical truths that cannot be produced or proven using their fancy little methodology called science. You're already starting from an assumption, a ma- like a massive assumption, and I'd argue a faith-based assumption. And and empiricists and uh, materialists and atheists hate hate being told that they're assuming something. You know, they might change the word; they're presupposing something. Oh, I presuppose logic. Oh yeah, on what on what basis? Well, as we pre- we can't do anything otherwise. Well, that's not an ar- that's doesn't ground anything. That doesn't. It doesn't ground anything just because you can't do anything otherwise. You know, so the the argument stops there. You know, they stop justifying the things that they assume, and so that's always the stopping point for a you know, in a lot of debates between theists or presuppositionalists and and atheists, because the reality is both are pre, presupposing something. So we're always presupposing something. Nice sweater, thank you. Yeah, science is faith-based. It has faith in some, in an immaterial. the The joke of it all is that we're all assuming and presupposing and having faith in the same things. It's called truth. This concept we call truth. There's this thing out there called truth. It's so it's so whimsical and romantic. Truth. How can an empiricist uh, with a straight face? Uh, make fun of a theist when they themselves are saying, "I no, I believe in a thing called truth. Truth is out there. Truth is an absolute. And then there are particulars. So how do you ground truth from the particulars that tell you something's true? You're already assuming something's true. Something called truth exists. That being, truth exists. Everything else is, comes after that assumption. Truth exists. You can't say, no, we don't know truth exists. We found it, and then we say it exists, and it's like, no, you needed to as- assume truth exists to even get to that point. Otherwise, you're just appealing to the system that you said that you allegedly found truth in, which is circular, and, and you're not al- actually allowed to do that. That's like people who say, all you know. all knowledge comes through science, right? commonly used phrase, used more, this claim is, is more rampant than I suspect should be, but when someone says, all knowledge, all truth comes from science, the statement itself can't be tested in science, therefore it's not true. And they hate that. They just, they just hate it. So they're like, no, my, my science project. You can't prove it. That's not a scientific claim. You're, you're appealing to metaphysics, which is not scientific, yet you need metaphysics to do science. I mean, I, I, I can seem repetitive with this stuff, but it's so important, the distinctions, so I have to keep repeating them so that even the people who sort of get it, get it more and more and more and realize uh, when you really peel things back, um, things get very simple Truth allows you to say truth doesn't exist. Yeah, that's why truth doesn't exist is self-refuting. The only way for that to be true uh, is if truth did exist. There, You know, it's like, it's so silly. I mean, it's like, let me see if I have this picture, actually. It's an article that I const- <coughs> constantly see once in a while. It says, uh... oh, I didn't save it. It was this article that basically said, uh, it said, uh, you know, quantum physicists, you know, discovered that, um, what do they say? They say quantum physicists, scientists discovered that reality you know, is not objective. And you're like, uh, and they're, I think they're just laughing or they're just, you know, logically and philosophically broken people. Like they just don't, almost like they don't even mean it. But I mean, it's the same problem. Like, how could you make the claim based on science, you know, in that case, quantum physics or whatever, that reality is an objective? That means that means, whatever's testing, whatever's giving you the conclusion that reality is an objective can't actually be trusted. That can't be objective. That can't be true. And then they're like, well, no, but not that. I mean, no, we have to... No, we have to start no, we have to that has to be true though, you know. At least we'll start from there. No, you don't get to have both of those. Sorry. You know. You can't you can't have both of those. Gödel's incompleteness theorems. Yeah. Gödel, Gödel uh definitely uh, um Destroyed a lot of of these fancy people, these fancy philosophers, these mathematicians, the Bertrand Russells, any of the even the current mathematicians, the uh, the Neil Tyson de Grasse fake people, and all of them. They're all trying to work on this massive theory, something that just unifies all of reality together, and they don't realize. And it's purposeful that that Godel's theorem kind of sunk. Uh, between the cracks and isn't really um, uh, referenced. It demolishes all of these things because you have to appeal outside of the the system. Like no math, no no system of math that's consistent um, is actually truly consistent. It has to eventually become circular and appeal outside of itself. And then there's either one or two unsolved problems or answers uh, that rely, that remain. And uh, you guys could look further into Kurt Gödel, G-O-D appropriately, God is in the name, Uh, because that particular theorem, um, you know, the paradox of it, he did it in, uh, he he basically turned uh, mathematical statements into, you know, phrases or words to show the, the problem that we that we have and it's somewhat related to the one in the many but that would take a longer stream um, but I forgot what it was it was like the lying paradox it was just like you know that or I don't know if it's particularly that name it's like he had a card essentially you just write on a card and it says like this the back of this card is not true and then you flip it over and it says this this is this side of the card is true, and it and you you're left in an endless, uh, endless cycle. An endless cycle. You can't ever know the truth. It's back and forth. If one side's true, then it's false on the other side. If one side's false, it's, then it's true on the other side, and it goes on and on and on. Boehm was trying to explore complete view. Yeah, you just can't do it because you have to, it's the same problem. You have to, the only way to, to, to observe it as true is if you're separate from it. So you always have to appeal outside and look in. That's why simulation theory is so stupid or multiverse or any of these things that suggest there's other, these other universes, right? It's like, if you can apprehend or find, locate, discern another universe, by default, you're bringing whatever you're you're, uh, perceiving into this universe. You'd have to be totally separate, in which case you could never even prove, because even the idea of proving it, discerning any level of truth, whether it's coherency or correspondence in the physical uh, it's automatically now in our universe. You're using the laws of logic, you're using universal universals using the same language, same meaning, you're making up terms, you're giving things values. Uh, it's absolutely absurd to be like, look over there, there's another universe that we're seeing. and it's like, oh yeah, you're already calling it a universe. Why would even be why would it even be called a universe? Oh, no, it's a universe over there. Another one. It's another universe. Oh, yeah? Stephen? How do you know? Well, I need to think this in order to die peacefully. I really don't want to confront all of my shortcomings as a human being beyond my material shortcomings. Like leaning over in this chair. I do not want to confront the idea that there is a
0: superintelligence that could be named god it has to be something else like another universe yeah, yeah of course it's another universe what else would it be if there's if there's infinity if there's multiplic, multiplicity of anything it would be universes right now there's a universe where, where 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 little crabby sitting on my lap is good where it's not judged there's another there's another one of me there's another there's another, there's another one of me, out there, yes, with Hitchens. There's me. There's there's a universe where, where me and Hitchens are skipping along, holding hands. Yes, mm. yes, happy, happy forever. Hmm. Hey, well, why why wouldn't it be another universe, If they remake um, another,
1: let's say they make the nineteenth Star Wars, I'm pretty sure the only person who could adequately represent or play C-3PO is Dildo Dawkins. I should do a sketch where he's cast as Dildo Dawkins. And you know, you know he's hanging with the other little robot R2D2. Maybe put Joe Rogan in there or some or Sam Harris would be be, be even better. They're both about the same height. Um and you know, they're on set and they're like they say their lines and then it's like cut and then like Ce takes
0: his hat, mask off and still the doc and he's like well, quite like I quite like this it's just, this this outfit is is quite flattering on my body. Mm. I didn't choose my body. No, no. no, it's the, it's the result of millions of years of natural selection, y- y- evolution. Yes. Mm. Crabbies. I wish I developed pinches. Mm. Pinches would be good. Mm. I would the things I would pinch. Ooh. All of the things I would pinch. What do you say, Sam? What do you say, Sammy? Oh, little Sammy. Take your... Take your... Take your little head... Your... Your little top off. Take your top off. Yes. Mm. Yes.
1: Well... Well... I, I've got to say... Uh... Um... Uh, uh... It's been rather relaxing being inside this... This garbage pail shape. Um... I might... Might... Might in fact add it to... To... To my app. To my... My... I have a, I have an app that's... Uh, you know, it's about transcendental med- meditation, um, uh, and it would be very strange if, if that was the case. Um, uh, were, have you? Is there, uh, is there any cheese at Craft Services? Is there? Do they? Do
0: they have any cheese at Craft Services? I smell some. I smell some cheese. Well, they, they probably do. They, they have, I mean, this is a big. T- this is a big time production we are a part of. Yes, mm-hmm. this is no small timey feat. yeah? you should be very happy that you're you're playing that part. i eh? so, so am I. Yes. Yes, he. Oh, I'm so shiny! Oh, this outfit is just so shiny. It's like it's like Liberace, but but in the future. It's like trans trans Liberace. Yes. Mm. Ah. Ooh. With a little bit of Elton. Yes. Oh. Ooh. They're so bold. They were they were so so bold. The pioneers of the time. Yes. Yo. Oh, Sammy. Sammy, I smell the cheese. I smell some cheesy. I smell some cheese. Well, well, it's appropriate. It's perfectly appropriate, Sam, that, that you're smelling cheese and that you're rigged for that. I mean, uh, after all, you come from a rat. We we all come from, from the tail of a fish that grew into a rat and then climbed a tree and then grabbed a pinchy and then used a pinchy to open up a grapefruit and a and, and, and pome- pomegranate. Yes. Mm. that is Everything is in pursuit of, of those those appetites. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Where is Chewy? Where is Chewy when you need him? <clears throat> oh, so so bold. Mm. Oh, so oh oh. The things that Elton could take in his day when he was when he was a bit more elastic. Yes. Oh, oh, champion, champion, champion of men. Yes. Anyway, I gotta go. Uh, I don't even know what day it is.
1: Anyway, thanks for, thanks for listening. Um, for those of you got your, uh, paintings, I'm happy that you loved them. Thanks for posting them. Uh, for those of you just got Savage Memes volume two, enjoy it. Show it with your friends and family. Make people laugh, put people at ease, trigger people once in a while, but mostly the former try to put people at ease. And I hope you all have a good day. Bye.